1: struggle the right of Reggie Lundman, fired it down and Whitmore Did he ever? What To on the drive, save. Rebound is loose. Sagan kicks out.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 324 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you alongside Mark Allred. As always, I am your host, Steve Forney, and it's a pleasure to have episode 324 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, Don't forget, you can sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and claim your $200 Welcome, bonus! It's uh, so good to have FanDuel on uh, on tap for our our podcast, and it's so great to have Mark as along as well. What's going on, buddy?
1: Uh, much better week this week, my friend. Uh, family's good, works good, health is good, feeling good. And and I'll tell you something right now: we're doing the uh, podcast on Thursday night uh, because I'm traveling tomorrow to Marlboro. so wetting the whistle now, getting it all fired up. And uh, we are going to be at Funky Murphy's on Saturday afternoon for the watch party. Uh, the only Brewing Talkie podcast, something Brewing podcast is all going to be there. It's probably going to be about 30 people showing up. I am so ready for this. So we're doing the podcast early because I'm, I'll tell you, it's going to be one of those weekends that you just don't want to do anything for the weekend at all because you want to recover. And when yeah. I recover from a nasty hangover, I don't want to do any podcast. And so... We're just trying to do our due diligence and for the uh, the sponsor, get a program out there, um, you know, and um, but still be ready for uh, a great time this weekend. I, I am so looking forward to
0: this. Well, the irony, Mark, is that we're doing the podcast early, but we're also doing it late, right? Usually, we record in the morning, but it's uh, it's five o'clock. So you got your beer out. I got my my uh, vodka and, and and soda. So. Let's go. Let's go. This
1: could get interesting, my man. (laughs) Let's go, my friend. I love it. (laughs) um,
0: Yeah, baby. So we got all kinds of stuff to talk about today. Um, Some Bruins stuff here and there. Uh, An interesting week that we've had here going forward. Uh, But, you know, again, tonight, Thursday night, Bruins play uh, Columbus, a team that's literally trying to lose every game that they play. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that all works. The definition
1: of tank for Bernard.
0: Yeah, right. And I don't blame him. Uh, although if I'm Bernard, Bernard, I go, damn, I don't want to play in freaking Columbus. Exactly. But <laughs> Find some, find me somewhere with a beach. That's not it. Um, but we do have some prospect news. We're at the time of the year where um, juniors and college hockey is wrapping up. Uh, a guy like Mason Lowry, you know, what's his plan? Um, we have some questions to do there. We have some interesting thoughts on Taylor Hall as well. Uh, he kind of jumped into the news. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I don't like when there's conflicting reports that always makes me nervous between the player, the agent and the team that always makes me a little nervous. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, it's something that we've talked a little bit about, you know, what should be the plan and goal heading into the playoffs? Um, You know, it's just something that, that I just, I think Swayman's played his way into the playoffs and it's something that can't really be overlooked, but um we'll start uh with the, just a quick review here of uh the games the past week uh carolina they play carolina this it, it, is one of those things where carolina scares you when you look at them on uh on schedule by the way mark I, I do feel much better do you can you tell
1: oh yes i was gonna say that um i was gonna say that in our pre-show but uh i'm wicked sorry i didn't bring it up i'm so happy no. you're feeling better Look at me, Mister Insensitive over here. not no, even are no. about I, My boy Steve.
0: I mean, I was just rolling with it, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, it's, I got steroids and antibiotics. I'm
1: back, That's baby. Awesome. Freaking
0: back. great. I'm I'm freaking like, I freaking love it. Really, like I, I'm gonna lose my voice forever. I was so concerned. <laughs> I'm freaking back, baby.
1: Um, I love it. I
0: love how you called me right out on that one too. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. So uh, the bees do get a win at Carolina, and man, they scare you on paper. But it, it's weird. There's one guy that always. Was a pain in our ass on Carolina. It was Nito Rider. and he's not there anymore. And now all of a sudden, I don't know, Carolina doesn't really scare me as much as they used to, especially with uh, the goaltending that I saw earlier this week. Uh, but Bruins go down to Carolina, get a 4 3 win, um, played well, played Bruins hockey as we know. And I feel like if we play Bruins hockey, um, the wins are going to come. Um, Posternak got his 50th and 51st. Um, McAvoy played well as he always does. It's, it's just, is there any more underrated defenseman in the league than Charlie McAvoy? I don't know if there is. Uh, but what were some of your takeaways, Mark, from that Carolina game?
1: Um, how about the people that sat it was uh, shocking to me marshand Bergeron, and Lindholm all out of the lineup. Uh, and and granted, it was a back to back situation, and you know, some people just need to be sat. It's the appropriate time to do it, obviously, but. Um, without those in those important pieces in the lineup they the Boston Bruins still came and played a very good and well-structured pre- in uh, Carolina Hurricanes team playoff style hockey all the way through and the you know the, the Bruins came out at the end with a big win Um, and you know that's that's the second win out of three games that they played all season against the Carolina Hurricanes so you know. It's a nice little gauge for what we're going to see in the playoffs, but obviously um, missing those players, you know, would be a little bit better, but that, you know, we need to rest them. It's a load. It seemed to be that was the game that we really noticed the load management uh, narrative come out that we've talked about for several weeks now, um, which probably will get more names involved as the games go on. Uh, but yeah, just a real good game. And I just thought that uh, just pinned out those lines, lo- being out without those three in the lineup, I'm sorry, um, that we would g- get crushed. But, no, it was uh, it was definitely a good game and, you know, a shootout. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I hate the shootout. It sucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to play – I don't want to watch him play forever in the regular season either. You know, so, like, I get it. Um, I, I – not to go to your boy, but I, I just – I hope Jacob Lauko is Okay. Because when we talk about we talk about load management, right? It depends on guys like Lauco. It depends on those guys who are further down the roster to come in and play. And man, I want that guy for the playoffs. And I mean, I, I've said before, I don't. I'm not a big AJ Greer guy. Um, Lauco to me has earned his spot on this roster. Maybe not playing every night, but being that option on the fourth line. When you make those call-ups, and you and I know the AHL really well, you usually get guys that are so young that they're, like, giddy. They're jumping out of their shorts. They don't even know what to do with themselves. Lauko is a guy who's been down there for so long and has been around long enough to where he knows what to do when he gets to the AHL level. Like, he knows what his job is, what his role is. He sticks with it. And I just think he is such a fantastic option for that fourth line. That turnaround shot was so good. Again, Carolina's goaltending sucks, yeah. um, which I think is something – I mean, that that's a shot that should have been saved. But then again, that turnaround quick shot – I mean, two of those goals. The knock one that the short side was brutal from yeah. the goaltender. But um, I, I just – I think he's got that game you you know you're not looking for, to call up your highest goal scorer from the AHL and put him on the power play, right? You're looking for a guy who fills that role. Man, does he fill that role. And um I really hope that guy's all right because that goal was sick. Um and again, he fills that that opportunity that you're really looking for.
1: Well, you'd be happy to know that uh, Mr. Um, Forney that uh Omar gets his second straight start tonight. This is from our friend Steve uh, Conroy at the uh, Boston Herald. Uh, great is to, yep. to start. Yep. All markets to start to ramp up for the playoffs. Lauko and Zaboro will be in. Greer and Grizzlick will be out. So That's great. Uh, Lauko is healthy. That's good to know because the way he hit the boards, man, I, I was just really concerned. But I was more concerned about, obviously, the whole body. is a very, very valid piece in the Bruins organization. But the way the contact happened, I thought it was his feet, ankle, you know, fibula. Oh, you can, you can see like that thing that.
0: turn. Yeah, you can see yeah. it turn.
1: It was Would never have thought out of that and watching the video several times over and over that it was a, a upper body injury.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It, it, um, Yeah, I thought for sure that was a torn meniscus, you know, I, I just something that will scare the hell out of you. And that's so great that he's back. Zaboral, I think, is great. I want another look at him. Yeah, I, mean, I, I totally I, agree. I thought he played really well. And and these are the guys who something happens. Someone's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get banged up. You need that depth. You need bodies. If you can get Zaboro ramped up here over the next whatever it is now, eight games, huge,
1: huge yep. uh, moving forward. So um, let me ask you a question, Steve. Yeah. In an emergency situation in the playoffs, right? Zaboros so probably not going to be your, your defenseman that's going to get in a lot of action. If he's if he is um a break glass in case of emergency, much like Mike Riley will be, because he will be up on the black aces and practicing with the team because the, the Boston Bruins technically promised him Mike Riley, like, hey, sorry, couldn't trade you, but you're gonna be a piece that's gonna move forward with what we're doing here. That's what Don Sweeney's message to him was, but when he when they couldn't move him, so what? Where do you go with that? Do you go with Mike Riley? Um, do you think Mike Riley's better than Zboril? Or
0: I think I think on paper, I think based on history, Riley is your option. He's played probably I haven't done all the numbers, but he's probably played more games in Boston than Zaboral has, which is crazy because yep. Zboril's been here forever. Yep. Well, um, right. the, the nasty injury that he had down in Providence, the concussion that he got might affect that a little bit, but I think that's why I want to see Zaboro. I've seen enough of Mike Riley to know that he can hang, but I don't trust him. You know what okay. I mean? He can play yep. the in, in, in the NHL, but I don't really trust him. Um, I would love to see Zaboro be such an option to where you're looking at it even next year and you're saying we need to find room for this guy on, on in the top six.
1: You yeah, know? because and he I is know under contract.
0: Right. He's gonna be here anyway. So, you know, if you're if the offseason comes and you gotta move a Clifton or you know, you gotta move somebody because you know that you have Zaboro ready to go, then again, Zaboro's always hurt too. So, yeah. you know, I I think after saying all that about Zaboro, I think Riley's probably your first option. But I would, you know, I'd make sure that zaboro has got a sweat going. <laughs> so he's ready to go,
1: too. Well, um, these are, these are, Steve, Anything these but the Anton games? Stroman. I'm out on Anton Stroman. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, too. Me, too. But these are the games right now coming down to the close of the season that you want to figure out who you're going to rely on when it comes to depth. You know what I mean? And and yeah, and Jacob Sporle is doing what he can to stay in the lineup or get more consideration than others by just his play. You know, he's really impressing the coaching staff. Sorry, I pulled up a Bruins clip and now Jack Edwards is
0: yelling at me about something. You know, <laughs> ESPN has the autoplay. Sorry, I couldn't figure out how to turn that up. Um, no worries. I I think, um, I, I mean, it's now or never really with Zaborl, right? I mean, it's now or never. And I think it's time that he, I mean, I didn't expect the kind of game we got from a, whatever that was a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, I expected him to be ho-hum and I was thoroughly impressed. So, yeah, maybe it's time to see what we got there. And whatever this is, eight games left, this is the stretch, right? This is the time to figure it all out. So, um, oh, I agree. Um, I, the nice thing about Riley is I don't think you need to give him the NHL warm-ups. And, again, this concussion that he had aside, um, he could step in and be ready to go. Whereas I think a guy like Zabor, I mean, what was it, like three games in 96 96- Games or something. I mean, that's that's just not enough, right? If he, if you could send him down and put him on the top pair and play him twenty minutes a night in Providence, that's good for him. You just can't do that. So right. you got to get him games. And Riley's been having the games. Then that, that's important. Zboril needs the games. So um, let's you know, let's see what happens tonight, Thursday night uh, against Columbus, a team that again it wants to lose. Um. <laughs> which which is great. Um let's see what he's got. You know. Yeah. Um as we uh look ahead a little bit against that stinker against Nashville, that looked like a team that just was kind of not I mean let's not let's not take anything away from Nashville. They're two points out of a playoff spot. Uh they had a lot of guys out of the lineup. They had a lot of young guys who were pumped again, pumped to be there, right? Trying giving it 110%. Uh Bruins didn't really Show a ton again, missing the net a lot, a lot of things just a quarter of an inch off one way or the other. Um, what were your thoughts on that Nashville game? And I, I want to talk to you a little
1: bit too about the power play. Oh, oh my god, the Nashville game is like it's like you you play the Carolina Hurricanes, not what, not two or three days prior to that, and you were without Marshan, Bergeron, and Lindholm, and you beat probably the next best team that's right behind you in points in the Carolina hurricanes and you go and play a team that is in the wild card in the West and you put up a, a flat line stinker. In my opinion, Uh, there was absolutely no, no urgency in that game from the Boston Bruins. I totally understand that there was travel involved, this and that guys are tired. I totally get it. And I'm not saying they're excuses, but man, it, it, (laughs) you got to put a better product on the ice than that you know especially if you're not going to arrest guys for games like that then you have to actually show show up you know play play 110 no matter what but that was just a disappointing game because i really wanted to get this whole freaking capture the freaking president's trophy crap over with and move on you know what i mean and do whatever you got to do but that was just a game that I just was very disappointed in the tempo, the pace, whatever you want to call it. And and like you said, Steve, a lot of the higher ranking players on the on the um the Nashville Predators team, there's a there's a plentiful uh injury list there, you know? And that's another disappointing thing to see that you know, a lot of the higher ranked players are not in the lineup and you still couldn't beat them. So um it's one of those cases that I keep talking about in the past and you've heard it before. Um, This was a game that the Boston Bruins definitely played down to, you know. There's no ifs ands about about it, and it it was kind of disappointing. But you know, it's eleven losses in the season. So, uh, or was that the twelfth? I don't. Either way, either way, it's a low ass number. I know. I mean, it's nothing to it's nothing to you know jump off the roof about. But still, it's just you know with the playoffs coming up so close, I don't want to see a game like that in the first round. No matter yeah. what, no matter what number of the game it is, you don't want to bring that at all. Did you
0: take anything away from the pictures of them like drinking beers with their massive amounts of pancakes? I did their, not. Th- th- there, was a, there was a picture of them eating, if if you missed it, they are eating breakfast. Oh, I saw it. Uh, I, I saw yeah, it in well, Just Yeah, just for the, the listeners, like they were, they were eating pancakes and doing all the stuff and they were having, you know, Bud Light bottles at breakfast. And it was, it looked like they had a massive breakfast with a couple beers, took a nap and then showed up at the rink. Yep. And like, sometimes that's, you know, that's not just, that's like, not the way to to do it. And, you know, I don't want to take too much of it, but it looked like that. It looked like they had a massive, you know, had the the, the lumberjack special with a couple beers and then showed up to the rink. Like, but we say that they played down to their opponent. Let's, remember that Nashville kind of played up a little bit and the Bruins need to realize every team other than Columbus is going to give you their best because you are the best. You know, it's that, it's that Patriots mentality, where when you're on top, like you can play the crappiest team in the league, but they're going to give you your best, their best yep. because you, they want to knock you off. Um, so I thought Nashville had a little bit of that, but again, I think, uh, you know, as soon as I saw UC Saros and Net. I mean, there's another goalie. There's maybe four or five of them that are really freaking good uh, when they play the Bruins, and Saros is one. And there's one other guy who, for whatever reason, always seems to give the Bruins fits, and it's Ryan McDonough. And it seems like this guy, no matter how old he gets, when he was in Tampa, when he was at the Rangers, they put him out against your top line and nothing happens. And I don't know if that's because Ryan McDonough is that damn good, right? I don't think it is. But there's something about whatever Ryan McDonough is on the ice, the Bruins can't freaking score. You know, Maybe it was a little bit of that, but maybe it was the penalty, uh, the power play just not being able to get out of its own way. And, um, again, I don't want to sound like Felger. I don't want to sound like Mike Felger. They had eight and a half minutes of power play time, and Hosternock played seven of them. Mm. Can we try something else? I'm not (laughs) trying to bench the 50-something goal scorer. But why, doesn't that seem like a high number? Like, doesn't that seem like a high number for a, literally anybody? I don't care if it's McDavid. You play seven minutes of an
1: of eight power play. That just seems so high. Yeah, it's um, it's really frustrating, Steve. To be honest with you, and it's really sad to catch on to the fan base as well. You know, you got to have a real strong man advantage going into the playoffs. And I just think that the Boston Bruins are kind of running out of time right now because there's going to be an influx on the roster. You're going to start seeing some people for the thank you games, the, the Providence Bruins lineup. You know, the, maybe the last two games, you could probably, it's probably going to be a lot of P Bruins. There's no really time to get this power play down and so on. Like I said last week, I know we talked only a couple of days ago. Hopefully it's a snap of a, of a switch. And and just makes me eat my words. But it what we're seeing right now is just not good. It's not good. And you're playing on the man advantage, which is even worse. You know, one guy down. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: like when we talk about resting and we talk about, you know, uh, load management and all those things, like it's not just you're in and you're out. It's also we have a power play. Instead, we're going to go with Trent Frederick and Thomas nosik and Charlie Coyle, and, you know, like that's all part of the quote-unquote load management, right? Yep. So, like, if your power play is in a massive rut anyway, now is the time over the next eight games to rest Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, and, and your your top units and go to those, the bottom guys. I mean, you throw Garnet Hathaway on the power play and put him in front of the net, see what happens. You do it now, not, not three weeks from now and not three weeks ago. You do it now. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, maybe it's a situation that you'll never see in the playoffs, but who knows? The playoffs might come around where you're like, wow, we're in a situation where we need to throw Garnett Hathaway in front of the net on a power play. Like, yeah. if it's that bad, which it is, because it's bad. It's We've been talking about this for months now. It's that bad. Maybe now is when you go with the experiment of, all right, Pasunak, we don't need you playing all these minutes. Marshan Bergeron, Zaka, Krejci in particular, who needs a night off. We don't need you guys on this power play. Let's give these other guys a chance to see what they have. Maybe they get lucky. Maybe they score a sweet one. But, you know, now's the time to get that other group ready for the playoffs. And uh, I, I think it's time and, you know, hopefully tonight and in the next couple of games, we see a little more variety on the power play. You know, when we talk about fixing it, it's not just fixing the guys that you currently have. Maybe it's just rotating more guys in and seeing what they have and seeing what happens. Yeah. And you, you you get two or three quick ones and then you throw the first line out and boom, all of a sudden it clicks like you just you never know. It's it's a funky sport, but. Um, I think now is the time to kind of not play a guy like Pasternak, seven
1: minutes of eight and a half minutes of power play time. is too much. I, um, uh, I got to shout out the, uh, something brewing hockey podcast, uh, uh, with Nick Melanson and, um, and Mike Sullivan, two great guys going to see them on Saturday at funky Murphys in Marlboro on 31 main street. Um, uh, they were talking about the power play and, and Mike, Brought up a very, very great point that when they set up that play for Parsenak, Pasanak is always in that one position and he doesn't move. You know, I mean, he moves a little bit here, a little bit there, laterally, and so on, but he's just not really it's so what they were explaining on the on the man advantage was that it's designed to come to Parsenak. Now teams are figuring out where the play is going to because he's not moving that much. I just think that. I think that things got to change I think you shouldn't fix your power play like that. I know it's 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 on your the, the one time shot and everything and that's what we're trying to get at, but i I want to see more I got to see more movement, more layers coming in and not just standing around uh mark, you're cutting out a little bit, but um yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, and
0: we talk about mark we talk about Poshnok being in the same spot where's marshand? he's always on the other side. Where's Bergeron? He's always on the bumper. So all three of them are in very predictable places. So now you're relying on your point defenseman and the other forward to do all the work while Bergeron stays in the bumper. And so it's definitely something organizationally that needs to be addressed. They need more movement. They need more. I mean, let's put, let's swap pasta, and Marshan. see what happens, put them on their off wings. I don't know what it is. But if the if the three of them are going to stay in their same spots after all this time, it's just it's just not gonna work. So yeah. um I think I do, I think they need more like you, I think they need more creativity. Um they definitely need something to figure this out because it's becoming really stale, really predictable. Um, like I said last in week, I think I think they're all yeah, I think their offense is becoming stoppable. Um, and then when you get to the playoffs, they're going to do double the homework on you. And if you're stoppable, you're going to be in for a long, well, maybe a short
1: playoff series, yeah. which you don't Jeez, want don't say that. So,
0: <laughs> um, so again, something to think about, um, looking forward, uh, we had a, we had a report here, I guess it was Darren Drager who falsely reported the Bruins forward Taylor Hall's ready to return to the bees lineup but the Bruins only had the salary cap that he, they didn't have room in the cap for him to return. I believe him. What are your thoughts,
1: Mark? No, it's, um, it's, it's, that was a little far fetched because um, uh, coach Jim Montgomery came out and said that that was completely untrue. Uh, If they needed to, and shout out Andrew Johnson from the short chip podcast. I was listening to that program today. Um, What was it yesterday? I'm not sure which one it was, but, um, they, they mentioned that, you know, if, if you're that hurt for, for salary and you want to bring back Taylor Hall on the lineup, you can LTIR Felino and, and some other players that, that might be injured. So there's, there's ways around it. Um, yeah, I think this was, um, and I usually like dregs. I, you know, I, I just think that he might've dropped the ball on this one. Like I have several times this season, so many people have dropped the ball unreporting some, some, some things, but um, I'm not going to attack Dregs at all. And and on that, you know, I I think he's going to recover nicely. The guy's got a decent job covering hockey, the best sport in the world. Um, But I just, you know, it's unfortunate because I think we followed through with it and said, Hey, uh, you know, this is being reported that he could uh, be in the, um, in the practicing on Monday after we recorded this past Sunday. So we rolled with it because it's Dregger. You know, uh, it's it's one of those trusted people that are in the trenches, working hard, trying to get information. But unfortunately, this forward movement of information was just a little bit wrong because, um, you know, uh, Taylor Hall might be might be ready to go, but I don't think he's that close. I think that there's, this plan is still to keep him out uh, until the playoffs.
0: Well, but if Taylor Hall was ready tomorrow, what do they do? I mean, I know you talked about putting. Foligno on LTR, but let's uh, LTIR, but let's say he's ready tomorrow. What do you do? What are the Bruins
1: yeah. supposed to do to get him in the lineup? You got to make those. Yeah. You got to make those sacrifices. And this is what uh, Evan Gold, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah. Is a mastermind about this is what he does for a job on a daily basis. He'll make it work, but it's going to take, unfortunately, it's going to take players like Lauko who's been, you know, really earning a roster spot here with his grit and hard work and, and his offensive capabilities that have been on display, that's going to be taken away because you just can't have that many people on the roster. See, I I, uh, I, I think the
0: opposite. I I think that, I, I mean, again, this team has been in, they've been at the cap limit, they've been in cap trouble since the season started. And so if Evan Gold, I don't want to take anything away from him, but if he's this much of a genius, he could have figured this all out a long time ago. I know it's not his fault that they signed Mike Riley and it's not his fault that they signed, you know, uh, Anton Strawman and everything else. But th- I think he's looking at it and going, well, my hands are tied. Let's just pull a, t- a Tampa Bay. And Oops. if that's, if that's the case, that's fine. But this is the kind of stuff that in-house they should have organized. Taylor, listen, mm-hmm. we know you're ready to go. We can't bring you back yet. And now none of this makes it to Darren Drager. That's got to right. be. Taylor Hall's agent that's somebody's talking to Darren Drager and I doubt it's actually physically Taylor Hall, but it's one of two things. Either they don't know how to organize the cap or uh, they don't know how to keep their information in house. And so that's, that, that's what, that's what concerns me is I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Taylor Hall's ready to go. It's been a long time. It's been almost 20 games he's missed. So right. my thought is, you know, which is it? And that's what concerns me a little bit. Um I, again, Taylor Hall. I don't when we look back at his career, he's always been a little bit moody. There's always been an issue, right? With every team he's been in, been on. So maybe he's ready to come back. And the team says, We can't make that work quite yet, and he's getting pissed about it. I don't know. But there's something going on with this. And I don't again, I don't know if it's the agent or him or what, but um, it's a little weird to me that they've been cap They've been strung up against the cap all season and the trade deadline has come and gone and they've added, not subtracted. And we're still in the spot.
1: So, um, well, Steve, the, the organization might be might be using Jim Montgomery as a as a scapegoat here as well by saying that if it's brought up, say it's not true, you know. So I mean, uh, traditionally, and as a person that has gotten access to the Boston Bruins closely, they're very tight-lipped. It, it they're one of the organizations that don't say anything to their to a lot of their their local press at all. You know, so yeah. it's very hard to get information out of them.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, even um, when Montgomery was asked about the starting goalies in the playoffs, I don't know if you. you, you I'm sure you heard that he seemed very. Not ready for the question, you know, and he was very like, Well, uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, we're gonna go with one of the guys and it'll be all Mark. But we're not like, you just seem very not prepared to answer that. And so, I don't, right. I don't know. We know the Bruins media, man, you know them, they're smart as hell. And I don't, oh, Kevin yeah. Paul DuPont and freaking yep. Connor Ryan and Ty Anderson, oh, these guys are smart, man, they're gonna ask the right questions. Shout and, out Kevin
1: Paul to point for following me. Finally, following me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like maybe they're, maybe they're just not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, they're not properly preparing him. Maybe that's, I mean, how many coaches do you know that are great coaches? They're just not good with the media. Maybe yep. they're just not prepared properly for the media. I don't know. But both of those things were weird. His response to the Taylor Hall thing and his response to the starting goalie in the playoffs, both very strange. Right. Um, so I can
1: see where you get that from.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just something to, something to keep our eye on, for sure. Um, lots to get to still here on the Black and Gold Podcast, but we do want to let you know that starting today, it's baseball season, grand slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on all the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and official partner of Major League Baseball. New customers, don't forget, here in Massachusetts, you can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, you place a $5 bet and bang, you get 200 bucks in um in bonus bets right there. Just go to fanduel.com/boston. Finally, you can get in on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. I was a little late getting to the podcast today watching the Red Sox hoping that the new guy Yoshida would hit a double at a four thing parlay going. All I needed was a double and it was an error and a single. For crying out loud. Baseball. <laughs> Um, but uh finally you can bet on all your favorite sports, Mark. You got anything going on? I know you're a big
1: uh a big golf guy. What do you got going on? Absolutely. I'm definitely gonna be in on the Boston Bruins action uh tonight. And yes, I would be there Saturday for the Pittsburgh game, uh for the BG watch party. But the Valero Texas Open started today from TPC um San Antonio, so I'm definitely be getting in on the action on that. But that's what's going on over here when I use the FanDuel app, Steve. Yeah,
0: I went kind of wild tonight for no good reason. Um, I took the Bruins minus one and a half. I took the over six and a half goals. Will there be overtime? No. Will both teams score? Yes. Bruins highest scoring period, first period. Highest scoring period total will be the first. And the Columbus Blue Jackets will score exactly one goal. I did that for no good reason. And I bet $2. So, again, you can bet 50 you can bet $2, you can bet a buck, you can do whatever you want. Uh, that's what creative. makes it so fun. You can get creative, you can get weird, uh, you can bet straight down the middle, you can do whatever you want. That's what makes FanDuel so great. And it's an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball, And please remember 21 plus and present in Massachusetts first online real money wager, only $10 first deposit is required. So again, you're going to do that $5 bet. You got to, you have to deposit 10. Okay. So the $200 comes when you uh, deposit 10 and then you get, uh, a $5 bet. That's how you get the 200 uh, bonus issued as now a uh, non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, this is very important. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven five seven support there. Play it smart too. If you're not sure, this is all brand new to you. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Just something, it's it's a resource that's there for you. Maybe this is all new to you and you're not sure how it works. The last thing you want to do is uh, get into something you're not sure what you're doing and then sell the house, right? So um, uh, definitely visit gamesensema.com, 1-800-GAM-1234 for all the help and all the resources that you need. Stay within your budget um, stay within your means. Uh, that is definitely the most responsible way to do this. It's like everything else, smoke weed, drinking alcohol, uh, uh, you know, everything in moderation. Right. So uh, make sure you do that. And all I needed was Masahiro Yoshida to hit a uh, freaking double for the Red Sox. And I would have done really well this afternoon, but that's okay. Another three and a half hour game. They say the pitch clock's going to speed things up in baseball. Holy crap. This game was yeah, still right. way too freaking long. Uh, by the way, today, and, and not to keep pushing it, but, like, the beauty of a place like FanDuel is, like, I placed a wager on the Celtics, and I watched the Celtics game. Yeah, I wouldn't have watched that Celtics game at all, but I was like, oh, exactly. I got a little action on it. Let me tune in, yep. right? I watched more baseball today
1: than I've watched in the last, like, five years, strictly because I had a little action on yep. that, right? I'm, I took over and I'm not nine, a baseball. And I'm not a baseball guy, but you know what? I'm going to be getting on the action, so it's going to make me want to at least tune in once in a while to see how they're doing. Yep. I took over nine, so every time there was a run scored, I'm like, check it out on the list, baby. And they
0: scored like 15 runs, so I definitely hit the over, but Yoshida screwed it up for me. But um, uh, fanduel.com slash Boston, that is your spot there. Um, Mark, you are better at this stuff than I am, which is fine, uh, but we do have some Bruins prospects that uh in juniors uh in the ncaa that we're going to be hearing the future about is it trevor kuntar how do you say that guy that's it nailed it my friend
1: my friend yep um uh, he's wrapping
0: up his season as is as is mason Lowry. i know it's a big talking point for a lot of bruins fans everybody wants to know what this guy's deal is uh looks like kuntar will be heading to providence yeah still unsure about Lowry. is that correct
1: yeah, Mason Lowry was supposed to probably here in the next couple of days. Um, seems to be a process with him right now. Um, so many uh, people are reporting that they just can't get a feeling on, on where he's at with this one. But uh, uh, we'll talk about Mason in a moment. But, but uh, Trevor Kutari signed a two-year entry-level deal with the Boston Bruins. And like you said, he will be going to Providence on an ATO uh, amateur tryout. And uh, which means that you no know, year is burnt and so on, blah, blah, blah. But his official contract starts next season because there's only uh, a couple, uh, like under under 12 games in the American Hockey League right now. So he will be eligible for the uh, Call the Cup playoffs that are coming up soon. Um, but he's a, a New York native. He's a, a center, left wing, with, and he shoots left. He's 6'0, 196 pounds. He's a Boston Bruins third round pick in 2020 uh career ncaa highs this season with boston college with 13 goals, 16 assists and 29 points in 34 games played. So not not you know great great numbers but they're steady and uh and so many people I've heard uh you know talk about him being uh offensively gifted pain in the ass. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go to the lengths of a Marsh and or Trent Frederick or anything like that. I'm not sure what we have with him quite yet, um, but he uh, can add value to this Boston Bruins organization as a, as a developing uh, prospect. And, and I think that he'll work well in a system that's run by uh, Ryan Moujonelle and Trent uh, Whitfield. And um, eh, so I think it's going to be a solid addition, you know, and, 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 and another developing piece uh, um, that's going to be either down the middle or on the wing. But um, I like the way I like what they did here. He was a junior. So nobody's going to freak out about, you know, when he gets to the senior year and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Jimmy VC syndrome, Jimmy VC syndrome, you know, he's not going to sign here. So that eliminates all that narrative. Um, but let's just jump to Mason Lowry, Uh Still unsure uh, about leaving Ohio state. So, uh, that's his right and so on. that's you know it is what it is, but I think the Boston Bruins and the player would would benefit greatly if if they would both came to an agreement now, get him involved um, uh, a, a same basically on the same thing, an ATO at first, and then have your entry level deal. It would most likely be a two year entry level or possibly a three year uh, just by where he signed and so on Uh, because he's uh, a a sophomore. He just finished his sophomore year at Ohio State. Uh, The Wisconsin native is a left-shot defenseman, big kid, 6'4", 209 pounds, uh, probably still growing, who knows. Uh, But he had a career high this season with four goals, 28 assists, and 32 points. He tied his uh, freshman year of four goals um, and in 71 games played so far in his NCAA career. He has eight goals, 53 assists, and 61 points. I do want to mention that Mason Lowry was a uh, defenseman of the year in 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 uh the NCAA. Um I think it's the Big 10. And yeah. also before that when he was uh 2 years ago when he was with the um uh, the Green Bay Grand, uh, Gamblers in the um in the USHL, uh he was he I think he set like a defenseman record or something like that or or was very highly regarded as uh the league's best blue liner that particular year. So there's, there's a lot in place for uh, Mason Lowry, uh, a big kid, and uh, that's offensively gifted, is is always welcomed here in the Boston Bruins. But I do want to pump the brakes on a lot of Bruins fans that say we should get him right into the NHL lineup as soon as possible. I don't think that's a great idea because um, you you would, if the contract was signed, you would burn a year of that entry-level deal if he plays one game. So I don't think that's a risk that uh, either the player or the organization want to. Want to make, but um, you know I do see him getting into Providence uh, games and being eligible for the Calder Cup playoffs uh, that are coming up, along with kuntar and um, and I just think that this is another player that we want to develop properly. I don't want to rush this kid and so on. Whether he stays down there in Providence next season and gets a full year, and and then has uh, availability with some uh, departing players um, after the after next season then seamlessly fit him right in um, in training camp and so on. But um, unless he blows you absolutely away in, in Providence and in, then you, you're, you're like forced to, to do something. Um, this could be a guy that um, forces the hand to move like a player like Grizzlick. or even, or even uh, Clifton in, in the off season or Clifton probably won't even sign or oh, they won't entertain it. Cause he's act- technically on his last year of his, of his deal right now. And I think he's a UFA. So yeah, um, I don't know. I just think that there's this a lot a lot of stuff going on right now. The uh the CHL are in their playoffs. There's four prospects that the Bruins have up in Canada playing. Um Brett Harrison, Ryan Mast, um Jackson Edward. I like and, that Ryan um, Mast. I like that. Yeah, he's a big kid, big kid. Um and Adam McQuaid really likes working with him. You know, it's just he can tell that every development camp that Adam and him work together, he can definitely see that there's always an improvement every year. And he also noticed uh, this past season, Adam McQuaid was mentioning that Mass was more of a leader. Now, his, in his second year uh, with uh, development camp, that he's basically telling the new people, this is how it has to be done, this is what we did last year, and so on. So really acting like a leader and so on. Um, and I'm forgetting the um, the third one that plays for the Tigress, and he's play- He's doing unbelievable. And is some that of these the, prospects- uh, the, the French kid? Yeah, a uh, uh, Brunei. Frederick Brunei. Uh, Frederick Brunet. 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 Yes, Brunet. Yes. Yeah, so th- that's the fourth one in the CHL playoffs right now for the Boston Bruins prospects up north. Uh, all of them are playing very well. Uh crazy. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Matthew Portra uh, with uh Guelph has been playing really well. Uh so yeah, it's, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I think with a
1: guy like Low it's um it's
0: this assumption that like the big 10 for instance is football it's basketball or college hockey in general if it's not bu or bc you know and i and i think a guy like Lowry could benefit you know penn state's good michigan is good like these teams that they're pl- he's playing against he's playing against future nhlers too wisconsin right Trent frederick played at wisconsin so yep. like so like the benefit of guys pl- you know not being rushed. And again, we talk about the log jam, like if Clifton doesn't resign. You have Zaborl, hopefully. So it's not like, what are you going to do? You're going to put low on playing third line minutes that Clifton has like, so letting these guys develop where they are is huge. And even a guy like Brunet, like I know Brunet is playing great, but he's, he was a draft pick last year, I believe. Right. So he was what? 19, 20. Yeah. You got to let that, you got to let that marinate, you know, you, you really got to let a lot of these guys marinate down there. And um a, as much as we talk about the AHL being so good at developing and such a developmental league, the, I think that college hockey right now is more competitive than it's ever been. Yeah. And I, I think that guys like, uh, like low can benefit from another year of grinding down there and playing and to top nine with- minutes,
1: you know? Yeah. It, and absolutely, Steve, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's a great benefit to have. But also, we also have to think about the human aspect and what Mason wants for himself, much like what John Beecher did last year. I heard John Beecher wanted to sign pro last year, but he was also under the thought of, I want to do it with these guys at Michigan. I This is a team that is 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 built to win us um, uh, a national championship. I want to come back for one more season and make that dream happen. Obviously it didn't happen, but still he gave it the opportunity to go back and play with his boys and try to get something done. That might be under Mason low rise freaking radar right now. Just saying he loves Ohio state. He really, really does. Dude, who doesn't love college? You can't believe I know. a college kid for loving college, man. College rule. <laughs> like, I know, but you know, when you're thinking about pro hockey and so on and and I know the Boston Bruins concern right now is they want to get him involved in a pro level in his early twenties because it's the learning curve is different. I love the dog. Love the oh, dog. They're, they they will not leave me alone. They're so sweet. They won't leave me alone, <laughs> but the but learning yeah. curve is so different. And, and I think that's what the Boston Bruins want to capture now is what they have in a, in a very mobile, very high IQ blue liner that is in his early twenties that, I don't know. Maybe they might think another year might not be the, the right idea for him, but he might be bucking the trend and saying, you know, it's not about you at this point. It's about me and what I want to do because yep. ultimately, yeah, they hold his rights and so on, but he holds the cards on when he signs. Yeah. And it's not like he's he going like to back said. scratcher, huh? Well, yeah, <laughs> dude, the back scratcher's is awesome. <laughs> it's like, it, like you said, it's not like
0: he's going anywhere. Right. You know, you got the rights. You, you let the kid do his college thing. Get weird, but, but be a leader, play massive minutes, go to the NCAA. I mean, the NCAA tournament, I know Ohio State's out of it now, but like, you know, I, I look at guy, I mean, a guy like Clifton, like four years at Quinnipiac, like that's yeah. valuable, you know, like and four years at Quinnipiac, two years in Providence, bang, you're with the Bruins. Like, did that's you go to me. the queue? Did you go yeah, to I the queue? I did. Go Bobcats. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They're the ones yeah. that knocked out freaking Mason Lorai in Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go Bobcats. Let's go, baby. Let's go win that Frozen Four. I knew but, yeah, I had to throw that in there. But, though.
0: yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I, and uh, so I graduated, and then I was, that was, like, one of the first PA jobs I got was down at Quinnipiac, and they had a team that was Clifton, Sam Anis, um, M- Matthew Pekka, Devon Taves, who's out in Colorado, just won a cup. Um, yeah those teams were ridiculous. You know, if you remember the Jones brothers, they were in Bridgeport for a while, Connor Jones and um, yep. f- Travis St. Dennis, like yep. those guys were so freaking good. And they were playing against Jacob Fours back at Carlson's BU and smoking, yep. you know, and, and, but, but when you get that, that's what I'm saying. Like the college game, when you talk about prospects, you don't have to watch the freaking Regina Pats anymore. Right? right? Like you, it's happening right here in the States and it's in the big 10, it's in hockey East. It's, it's not just this, just the way it was when I was growing up where it was UMaine Maine and Lake Superior state yeah, and, and BU and BC, like it's so spread out now. It's so, um, so I just think that the value at the college level is so huge. And I think a guy like Lowry, uh is going to benefit from that. So um, uh, but yeah. yeah, go, go Bobcats in the frozen Four.
1: you seriously got to give shouts out to like Don Sweeney and his coaching staff for finding these amazing NHL. I mean, uh, NCAA talent that, you know, these guys are circling above when they're done with their NHL. I mean, NCAA commitments, they're pouncing down on these guys, trying to get them to sign contracts, you know, and and they're probably not done yet. I think the Boston Bruins could possibly sign another one, but they got to stay within the means of a fifty. Uh, the, every organization has 50 contracts that they can have, you know, it's a 23 man roster. Every organization organization has a 50, um, 50 man um, contract limit, but you got to p- play by the rules. So, yep. And
0: with that, you know, the Bruins promote Evan gold to Providence Bruins general manager. Um, not a guy I know a ton about, although we did talk about it briefly before um, court, sort of the salary cap guru, how does his salary cap guru-ness? That's definitely not a word. Um, <laughs> help the Providence Bruins
1: and what they're doing compared to what he was doing with Boston. I think it puts him in a role um of uh, player accountability. Um, you know, like like he'll he'll be the one to go out and get these players, um, you know, without the oversight of Don Sweeney, possibly kind of separates a little bit of you need to pay attention a little more to Providence. I got Boston, but you're still my cap guy too. So if I need to make a phone call, we need to make a move on a daily basis. We still have to be communicating and so on. But I just think it puts Evan into a position where he can better control a lineup um, year by year and so on. And by um, getting these NCAA uh, free agents to sign as soon as school's done, even scouring the league looking for uh, players to come in and facilitate roles as as um, NHL veterans, much like Josiah Didier, the captain, uh, right now. You know, he was uh, with the Charlotte Checkers for the longest time, won a call the cup, and everybody says he was a great leader and a great, great player and just very committed to um, – you know, being that shoulder to lean on, but also be an extension of every, every coach's bench. And that's the player that the boss, uh, the uh, Providence Bruins got in on an AHL deal. So it's all kinds of wheels that turn when you're trying to get a roster, but you, you have to have uh, you know, a certain amount of AHL veterans. You have to have a certain amount of prospects on your team and you have to have a certain amount of um, vets. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very weird how the process is, but it, it makes it for good development because it's not just a team of young kids; it's mixed right. adults in there as well to right. give you that experience, you know, those shoulders to lean on.
0: And not only that, but but understanding what the AHL is there for, and um sometimes it doesn't always work. With we, you want the you want the Boston Bruins to succeed, but you don't want the Providence Bruins to not succeed because you're so focused on the Boston Bruins. Right. And so like, yeah. you know, it, it's like, I was surprised and, and impressed that for instance, St. Louis sent Joel Hofer back down to Springfield because they were like, yeah. we want Joel Hofer to develop. And rather than have him get, sh- cause our team sucks so bad, rather than have him get shoveled every night in, in St. Louis, why don't we send him to go into the Calder Cup playoffs with Springfield? Right. And so like understanding that balance of like, that's what the AHL is there for is to develop. Like we all want our, our prospects to get called up and perform in the NHL level, but sometimes they're better off in Providence in Providence or Springfield or wherever the minor league system is Um, again, to play more minutes, to develop more, to get their feet under them, to get that confidence. Right. So um I think having a guy that's in house like Evan gold is going to be huge because he understands the Boston priorities, but he also understands the Providence priorities and, you know, Providence is in a spot where they can't afford a first round exit. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, like yeah. the, the the precedent has been set where you, you know, you guys can't afford to get knocked out early unless it's against Springfield, <laughs> but like yeah. you can't afford to get knocked out early. So like, um, understanding the balance of the AHL. And I I think people would be shocked at how many people get AHL gigs and their only focus is the NHL. And they're not thinking about what's right in front of them. And so it seems like Evan gold's a good option for that because he gets what Providence needs. He gets Boston's needs. And, you know, again, Providence is a great spot here. They're uh, a first round by, I think, and they're going to be, be primed for the playoffs. They got good goaltending, as you mentioned you know, it's not about the hard part, isn't getting the prospects handed to you. The hard part is getting those veterans, getting guys like, like I love, I just, I love the, the, like, I can only speak Thunderbirds, right? So, like, I get that they, I love they got Matthew Becca and you get Matthew Highmore and you get guys that are like crushing it at the AHL level in halfway across the country. And you're like, well, let's bring them here and see if we can win a Calder Cup, right? Like, that's, yep. that's great. Like, that's what we're here for. So, um, I think that's a great move for Providence. I think that'll pay dividends not just this year, but years to come. Um, and I think that's a great option. And uh, congratulations but to Evan for landing the gig. N-
1: not only is Evan going to be looking at the uh, the Providence roster, but he's also going to have control of what's going on down in the Maine Mariners as well, which is a great program in the ECHL. Um, you know, he's going to probably look at you know this year since he's been promoted now. Uh, You know, over the summer, he's probably going to take a look at where Michael DiPietro um, uh, from Vancouver, a team that is not as smart as the St. Louis Blues and understanding the fact that uh, we have a young goaltender in Joel Holfer. We need him to be playing, like you said, not get shellacked and so on. The Vancouver Canucks did not do very well by Michael DiPietro. But for the fact is that they carried him in the bubble as the third goaltender, a young kid. What a waste. I know they could have signed an NHL veteran to to, 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 to sit there and be that third guy and have fucking okay, Michael DiPietro go to Abbotsford AHL and play games. He played. He did not play for a whole year. It was it's absolutely my, messed
0: up. That's awful. Yeah, and even yeah. like you know in, in Springfield, Hofer gets called up. You need a goalie. The Thunderbird signed Garrett Sparks.
1: Uh, I know. I know that, game, I saw that, that. That, that.
0: That name doesn't ring a lot to people, but like that guy's won a Calder Cup. Like he's like yep. a thirty-something who's like. One. Like he's like the new Mike. Toronto Marley's. Right. So it's like we don't just go and sign some twenty two year old Russian guy. Like, no, no. Let's get a guy who can really actually help us. Like absolutely. Like that is the mentality of how you win in the AHL level. And I know oh, we just went on such an AHL nerd tangent. Oh, we're <laughs> such
1: nerds. But like that's all right. but like that's <laughs> the, some- like I saw a Sparksy play over the weekend in, uh the Springfield yeah. uh, Providence game. Yep, yeah, I think, I think I think he did well. So it's like no, no, uh, well, no, one no, game. No, well, one,
0: I was gonna say one game he played well. Charlotte one game he got last shelled. Week. Okay, all right, I was gonna say one game he played well. One game he didn't yeah. play so well. But yeah. you know, um, it's that idea of like let's let's help the team win, right? Let's just not sign randos. And exactly, um, um, interesting. So it'll be interesting to follow what uh, what Evan Gold can do for Providence. And again, all that trickles up, up to Boston. Um, we are going to keep our episode a little short today. Uh, we do have a couple other things to hit on here. Um, this is something that I find interesting. Rumor has it that Nesson play-by-play guy Jack Edwards was accused of being intoxicated at a game over the weekend. Um, what intoxication and what game? Because it feels like that happens um,
1: I, regularly. I don't know. I don't know. what what What's the I, story all about, Mark? I have no idea. It's it's one that came out of left field. It's not by a very recognized website. I've read into it. I'm not sure. But what I I wanted to bring up about this topic is the fact is that if anybody's going to call HR on Jack Edwards being intoxicated, it's going to be the people that are so close to him. Like if he's reeking of alcohol, you cannot tell me that Andy Brickley is not going to say something. I think yes. it's I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that that maybe because he's having speech problems as a as an aging man, um, you know, and he's done this for a long time. There might be some neurological reasons for why the downfall lately. I don't know. Hopefully, Jack's healthy and so on. I'm not saying I'm not speculating here at all, but his his speech has definitely gone downhill lately. I, just, I really don't think it's got something to do with alcohol because there's so many people that are around him in the media that if that was a problem, I think that, that other people would have known about it. And I don't think that Brick and anybody in the Nesson staff that happened to be in a booth at a Bruins game would l- allow that to go on. So I just yeah. I, I don't have I don't see any validity to the. To the rumor and so on, and I'm not going to quote the the website at all because it's just not it's not worth it. But I just wanted to bring it up that maybe it's not always what people think. Maybe there's something behind the the curtain that people don't know and that will be brought out later on. And people need to be patient about something. So you know, I'm not a Jack Edwards Woods fan. I'm not. I don't like all the the and Muffin, the Roland Holmes, he you, all that crap. I don't. I don't I like it. The ice. But
0: yeah 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 no i i think i i think literally just just getting super um (laughs) getting like super nerdy like i when you i think that that in broadcasting you work so hard to get to the top and when you're on the top for a long time you don't even realize that you're getting like lazy and lazy is a tough word, but if you've ever listened to a long time radio show or something like that, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, how come that guy got fired? Like, I thought it was great. Or, you know, like I always like, again, I appreciate toucher and rich because they've been there for so long, but they don't get stale. Like they, they try to keep it fresh as they can because right. they know that's the importance and anybody on Western mass knows Bax and O'Brien forever. And O'Brien finally left, but, the importance of not being stale. And I think that Jack has become so comfortable in what he does. Like I'm convinced Jack and brick could do their thing on autopilot. Yeah. Right. Right. And I almost think that's what it is now. Like Jack, like brick knows how to deal with Jack and Jack. I mean, how many times, and I, I, this is one of those things I want to tweet out. How many dents have been left in the end boards? Well, he leaves a dent in the end boards. Oh, a shot by so-and-so leaves a dent in the end boards. He says it (laughs) nine times a game. And I I think that's just, I don't want to say laziness. It's comfort. Right. He's got, you know, and when you talk to a guy like, um, a guy like repetitiveness brings out bad habits. Agreed. Exactly. And a guy like doc Emmerich took pride in never using the same adjective twice. Yeah. Like that's a guy who gets it. And if you yeah. listen to young broadcasters, like they always are trying to get better. And so the, the broadcast never sounds the same night in and night out. They're always trying to change things, do things differently, what works, what doesn't. Jack is so set in his ways that high above the ice and tumbling muffins and dent in the end boards and over and under and rock them, robots. And, you know, Brick does it, too. I mean, let's how many times does Brick say spin a rama? which yeah, by I the know. way to me is my least favorite phrase in hockey i want to get rid of spinorama it sounds like a, I don't know a, a phrase that a a company that's selling used couches would use hey come on down to spinorama we got all the couches and beds and like it's just it's a it's a shitty term i hate spinorama it sounds like a farm giving away curdled milk i don't know but but like they fall into that trap of just getting and you know, Joe Castiglione with the Red Sox, same thing. It's it's yeah, a Jim Nance doing football. It's the same thing when you get into that comfort zone, you start to lean on the things that you know. Yep. Um, but I will uh, but I used to love Jack because he gives you more information than you need. And my problem with watching football is like Joe Buck doesn't do that. Like you have to Oh, I don't want to get so nerdy, I promise. But like, if I'm watching a football game, I'm usually doing other things. I'm changing diapers. I'm making dinner. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm not, I can't dedicate my eyes and my ears. So I rely on Joe Buck to tell me what's going on and he doesn't do it. The beauty of Jack Edwards for years was you could be, you could be folding laundry, changing diapers, making dinner, but he tells you exactly what's going on in way too much detail than you need. And I appreciated that because. I could just dedicate my ears to the game and I could focus on other things that has gone away. Now he's very, you know, Orlov. Oh, ahead to Clifton. Yeah. Over to Poster. Like it's, it's not as detailed as it used to be. And I I think that might be old age and comfort. I don't think it's drugs and alcohol. I think it's old age and comfort.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I just, I don't think it's like that, but, um, I'm pretty sure that something sooner or later, you know, once he retires, there'll probably be a reason why he he moved on, you know, who knows? But yeah, I just, I don't, I know. So I see so many people just trashing on, on, on the, uh, the uh, internet just saying he's drunk again, this and that. I just, I just don't think that that's the case. You know what I mean? I mean, people
0: don't realize you think 2011 was a long time ago when they won. He was the broadcaster. And I watched videos of Byron Defoe fighting and jason allison and andrew oh, yeah. alberts and i watched those clips and i'm like that was still jack edwards
1: oh like, yeah you don't realize yeah. how long this dude's been doing been here exactly like yeah it's and, not, he's not he it just hasn't yeah. been here for like two or three seasons and he's doing this this has been like a decade oh and, well and, over a decade oh yeah
0: and and so when you're here for 15 20 years again you hit that comfort level and exactly that's when i think people start to get to that point where they're like, what's going on with this guy? He must be drunk. You know, who might've been drunk was the guy who was flipping the switcher the other night against um, the, the video switcher at Nesson. I don't know oh if you God, saw uh, Linus Omar was... float across the offensive <laughs> yeah, zone.
1: And the boards were more defined than anything else. And Linus yeah. is just skating around. I'm like, yeah, what is going on? Here? I picked a bad time to quit mushrooms. I yeah, know, seriously, no, it was a, it was a good, it was a good psilocybin trip, is
0: what that was. But yeah, whoever whoever was flipping the switcher flipped it halfway, so you got both screens at the same time. And you know, again, cheers to that guy. He was clearly having a couple of flights or whatever he was he was doing.
1: Yeah, that was but I, I do. I
0: love I love talking broadcasting. I love talking broadcast, and digital, and all that stuff. But. I know people are probably bored with it. I don't want to bore them too much. Um, Mark, let's, uh, let's before we get out of here, talk about our uh, Patreon account, which uh, is really important. And I believe today is also a giveaway. We are at the end of the month. Uh, it is March 30th. And uh, we are about ready to give away our, uh, our Terry O'Reilly jersey, the most badass Irish guy you can imagine. Um,
1: so uh, why don't we do that, Mark? Absolutely. Yeah, we do have a Patreon account. Please go to patreon.com slash Black & Gold Hockey Podcast. Donate $1 per episode. A little bit about what we do is we take half of that dollar, pay the bills here at the uh, Black & Gold Production Sports Media Company, and the other half we roll into getting fantastic hand-signed items from either an an alumnus or a current Bruins player. And we have more coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. i got to get in touch with my boy Bruce Sullivan, but this week... This episode, 324, is actually, wow, that's kind of weird, 24 and 324. How did that work out? Hell that's yeah. my Amesbury math right there, there on par. <laughs> but uh, Terry O'Reilly hand-signed jersey, fully authenticated from Boston Sports and Music memorabilia, my boy Bruce Sullivan. But this jersey is going to be in the hands of uh, Diane Savastano. Thank you very much for your contributions, Diane. I will get this emailed to you, I mean, uh, mailed out to you as soon as possible. But we appreciate your contributions and hopefully, hopefully you like the jersey. And um, don't give it to Mark, uh, her husband, because he's <laughs> uh, probably going to ruin it and so on. But no, I'm kidding. Congratulations and thank you very much. We truly appreciate the financial support. It really helps us out. But we we did want to just uh, have a campaign where we give back as well to say thank you. So um, thank you so much for everybody that contributes. And please sign up today. We're looking for more people to go on so we can keep these our prize is going um, over the summer. I do want to get back on getting a prize pack ready for the new season. We did a Ray Bork prize pack where we had four items, a hand-signed jersey, a hand-signed helmet, a hand-signed photo, and a hand-signed um, puck where we gave all that away uh, to start the year. So we want to do that again. So the, the more people that sign up, the more opportunities we have to give away more free stuff. So we'd certainly yeah. appreciate it, and um, go bees on that. And and again, you know, if you tip your server at a
0: restaurant, right, you're going to tip your Uber driver. You're going to tip all this stuff. Consider just maybe consider it a tip. Yes. A little tip tip jar for the black and gold hockey podcast. Tip your podcaster. Tip your podcaster. uh, Your Uber driver is not going to give you a signed jersey. So um, maybe you want to consider that a nice little tip to us. We uh, really appreciate it. Um, And uh, congratulations to Diane. Love to see that. Uh, Keep that to yourself. Put it on the wall. Again, get rid of. Unless you want the Grateful Dead stuff, that's fine. But other than that, make it all Bruins. Uh, that's what you're looking for in your uh, woman cave there, Diane. Your, that's right. Your she that's shed. Right. Uh, she make shed. sure you got that stuff all ready to go, for sure. Um, looking ahead, obviously, tonight's Thursday, and uh, we're looking at about, oh, my goodness, Mark. The puck drops in about 10 minutes. we got to get the hell out of here, so I know. On, like, I know. Watch this game. I'm going to edit this while I'm watching the game. <laughs> but uh, don't forget, uh, Saturday at 3 o'clock down at Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, uh, that is the Bruins' next game at Pittsburgh, 3 o'clock. Uh, go hang out with Mark. I can't make it, mostly because I don't trust myself. I'd end up going, having way too much to drink, and then driving home, and I don't want to do that. I'm trying to be Good a responsible for adult, so I Good will not you. be making it there. Uh, but I'll uh, miss you. You want to, I did, I just want to come meet everybody. I, can you, no, believe, I know, I know. people don't even realize Mark and I have never met in person. I know. <laughs> I've like, never met in person. I wanted to over the weekend. Or like, last we have weekend, this great relationship, never met in person. <laughs> um, so I would have loved to have gone and, but I just don't trust myself. I, I, um, I get, I, I like to drink and I also have a social anxiety where I just want to drink when I'm in social places. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad yeah. combo. So um, hey, we're talking,
1: we're, talk, we're talking about a playoff. Uh, watch party soon so hell yeah who knows if you know of a place if you you know of a place uh which will host us that's nearby your place where you can safely uber let me know all right i'll see what (laughs) i'll see what we can do i'll I'll try to put those plans in place but definitely go go
0: to funky murphy's on saturday and again if you can make it uh please rsvp so uh funky murphy's knows how many of you uh hooligans are coming that'd be great um but three o'clock against pittsburgh uh, I know we didn't talk about it much, but if we talk about playoff teams that make me a little nervous, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. If we talk about yeah. an underrated team. Oh, boy. Crosby, Malkin, Latang. I mean, you got to hope Crosby gets one. I Just as a fan, you'd like to see Crosby get one more, just not this year. Yeah. It'd be nice if Crosby is, could get one more, just not this year. But yeah, she has uh, Bergeron
1: and Brewers on the
0: Bruins. This is the year for the. Yeah, Bru- this is Bruins. this is the year for for Bergie. Um, Then uh, on Sunday, three thirty on TNT, they're at St. Louis. Thank God, Joe Holfer's not going to be in goal for St. Louis because <laughs> he would just get his tits lit up. Nobody wants that. Um, and then they finally have a nice long break. Thursday, April sixth, they're at Toronto. I'm sorry, they are home hosting Toronto at seven o'clock. Uh, Saturday, April eighth, uh, they're host New Jersey. Eight o'clock game there, eight o'clock on ABC. You know, ABC that'll be 8 15. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, Sunday, April 9th at Philly. So, uh, we're really winding down to it, getting ready for the playoffs. Let's hope we can get this president's trophy over and done with tonight so we can move on. So, we can move on, right? You think of the milestones, the points record, the, the freaking 50 goals for Pasternak, all these different milestones. Let's just get them all out of the way. So we can focus on hockey. But uh Mark, this Absolutely. was a blast on a Thursday night. Absolutely, and, uh, my man. Thank you so much time.
1: for doing this. Can't wait to get with the 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 many folks at Funky Murphy's on the for the watch party. It's gonna be great. Um and yeah, we'll definitely make plans to do another one, hopefully for the playoffs. But uh yeah, great episode this week. And thanks again for um for being available to bust us out early so we don't we're not like hooligans over the weekend and forget about it.
0: Yeah, no problem. And again, we you know, we want to thank our friends at FanDuel. Um the episode that we have here, uh the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Don't forget you can sign up at fanduel.com/boston, claim your $200 welcome bonus. Uh do not uh if you if I were you, do not take the re- new Yoshida guy in the Red Sox, they had a double. Apparently, he can't do it. So that's the one I lost today, but uh please do uh fanduel.com slash Boston and uh we'd appreciate that as well. So uh Mark, thank you so much for another great episode. This is gonna be a, a good one. I think it's the first one we've done with cocktails
1: involved. So I know <laughs> I think that's gonna make We might need to do more this fire. more often. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Move the time slot to Saturday nights around <laughs> nine. People yeah, want no a real shit. good time. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> but um, but uh, this was great. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody watching, everybody tuning in. Thank you for supporting us here. Thanks for supporting the Black and Gold uh, Network. And, uh, Mark, let's go Bees.
1: That's it. Go Bees. Take care, folks. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Pod. At BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.